When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. This week we're looking ahead to the Cobblers game away at Crewe on Saturday. And to help me do that, we'll speak to Alex Van Russ. Uh, but first of all, let me say a big hello to Danny. I love the Pizza Cup brothers. <laughs> How are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I was going to say topping the bill, but I'm not really topping the bill tonight. So that doesn't really work. Uh, and it's a trophy as well, Charles. Um, but it yeah, doesn't roll off that. the tongue, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. Not. Pizza trophy. Pizza cup. Pizza cup. Pizza there cup. you go. Still in there. Hanging on in there. Decent win, really, wasn't it, to be fair? <laughs> I was just saying before we come on, actually, the, the Exeter fans, I watched highlights back, they looked like they were really into it. So that makes it even nicer. Seems like we couldn't be as a Keith Codd doesn't really care that much about it. <laughs> it's just going to go and roll over people who, who are really passionate about this trophy. <laughs> Is that all it was? Do you think he just he turned up and he went, oh, these look up for it, yeah. these fans. I'm going to ruin their night. <laughs> <laughs> we won with Jay Martin in the team as well. It's... Lies. Fake news, that. <laughs> Fake news. Didn't happen. Absolute nonsense, Danny. I'm not taking it. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did hear the last three minutes or so of commentary. And uh, like you said, the, the extra fans really did sound like they were proper 
willing their team on to get an equaliser. And especially when, because Caleb Chukwameka was, was, well, by the sounds of it, I've not watched the highlights, I'll be honest, um, was clean on goal, and, and including there was no goalkeeper in the, in the goal either because he'd gone up for a corner, Maxted. And um, Caleb misses an open goal, and you just heard the whole, well, I know it's only, what, 2,000 fans that were in there? But I mean, it was like, it was a bit like hearing the whole of St. James Park erupting, you know, with that noise of what you would get if you saw the opposition miss a blatantly clear goal. Um, it, it sounded amazing, I must say. I know it was only the, the EFL trophy or whatever it's actually called, um, but it's so good just hearing fans back in football. It doesn't matter what cup competition it is. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably part of it why they were so up for it as well. It was just one, you're just watching a game of football again, I guess, is the is the big thing. But um, they'd missed about two or three one-on-ones as well before we took the lead, so they probably should have won it, in all honesty. But Next year, I'm saying they should have won at Wembley. Yeah, uh, 40% possession as well, Charles, if you're interested. No, <laughs> no. Was it, what was the XG? I must know the XG. I don't know about the XG. Uh, <laughs> not, not that we obsess oh, over dear. that kind of thing or anything. No, not at all, not at all. Um, unfortunately, um, the big talking point wasn't really the game, was it, Danny? Um, both Exeter City and Northampton have released statements uh, on Wednesday stating that there was an alleged discriminatory comment made towards one of the Cobblers players. Um, It was reported to the match officials in the supposed correct way. Um, Whatever way you think that that's correct, it probably... Well, there's not really much to say on that. That's the procedure. So that's been followed, which is, I suppose, good to hear. Um, What obviously isn't good to hear is that the fact that both clubs have had to make statements like this, isn't it, Danny? Yeah, it's just sickening, isn't it? Just to be logging in the next day and seeing something like this again popping up. I mean, what are people thinking nine months after coming and it's your first game back? And after everything that's been happening in the world since then, um, we don't know exactly what kind of discriminatory comment it was, so we can't really comment on that. But just any, whatever it was, it's not acceptable and we can sit where we want and say it's not acceptable but we, until something massive happens then we can't i don't know I, I just don't know what else can be done about it it's apart from us walking off the pitch when it happens which i'd completely be in support of um obviously yesterday's was sorted out in the like you say the supposed right way but i just think it's going to need more than this to to sort this out and while there's what only two thousand people in the stadium surely you're going to be able to find them and find out who it was and just ban him and mm-hmm. but i don't know it feels like there's more that needs to be done like you cut to throw a ban at him or her obviously whatever it's is that enough Can, how do they need to sit down and be face to face with the person that they've said the comment to and actually understand what what it meant and understand what their words mean and what the history is behind the words that they've said i, I don't know how can that happen to to start educating people about it and instead of just saying, you know, lifetime ban, yeah, great, that needs to be done as well. But until we start actually understanding what the words mean and where the background is coming from then, I, yeah, and I, I just think it's going to take us to walk off the pitch and you know, forfeit the game. I don't, I'd be completely in support of that happening, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was one of our fans or one of the opposition fans, because you know, guaranteed this could easily have been one of our fans if it's a home game for us. That 
we're not going to sit here and say it wouldn't happen because we're this high and mighty club. It will happen because there are clearly racist people that go to football ga- football grounds, no matter who you support. And that's the sad thing about it. Um, and it's, it, I feel like it's going to take something that, like, like what happened in uh, Paris, I think it was last night, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That just walk off and deal with the consequences afterwards because it's just whatever's been going on so far um, is not completely working it's just like i say it's sickening things to happen again and it, it's just completely marred hasn't it this, this whole week you know the incidents that we've had in the news that have happened at millwall mm-hmm. colchester as as you mentioned in paris at the paris saint-germain game in the champions league on wednesday and at our own game now as well away at exeter and you know it, that's that's four games in a week, well, not even a week, Saturday to Wednesday. And we, there's four separate incidents of alleged racism happening at football. It's just, oh, it's abhorrent and it's it's 2020 and this is still prevalent in society. It doesn't matter that it's football, it's just that in society it is there. Hmm. And I, I was listening to a, another football podcast, the Football Social Daily, on Wednesday afternoon and they were discussing this exact topic because of what had happened uh, in Paris. And, you know, they, they, they talked very, very well about, you know, what what potentially might have to happen. And they say that when we talk about how the players are taking the knee before all of the Premier League games, before a lot of the EFL games, I know that the Cobblers actually haven't been doing it for a lot of our or for you know a lot of the games most recently i think the last time that i definitely know that we did it was away at burton um and i remember actually sort of going oh we've done it oh okay and thinking the reason that i've recognized that we're doing it is because i've not seen it happen a few times but the guys on the football social daily were basically saying you know football is a big deal in this country, in the UK and around the world. The Premier League is the most watched football league in the world. And so the footballers are using their platform to show that racism should not be anywhere in the world, regardless of whether it's in football or in society. This is how that they can get their message across. And, you know, all of the negative things that are being said about taking the knee and 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 what supposedly it stands for and what people think that it stands for on social media and all this that and the other you know at the end of the day that is the best way that the players can actually look at it and and say we can do this collectively and and for me personally i i say keep going and and keep doing it because clearly hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years have gone past where it has been deemed acceptable to treat people differently based on the colour of their skin or their sexual orientation or their religion or whatever. And it's time that we actually all just grew up, I think, and accepted that we're all the same race of people and we're all on the planet that is all of ours and belongs to all of us. So, yeah, there you go. That's my rant on it and my words. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that.
Before we say hello to our crew fan, have you seen our joint announcement with the Cobblers about the upcoming season ticket holders forum? At the start of next month, that's January, we'll be posing your question to club chairman Kelvin Thomas, CEO James Whiting, and manager Keith Curl in a special edition of the podcast. Um, to have your question answered, simply send it to us. It's Our email address is itsallcobblers at gmail.com. We'll then pose the questions to our panel of three from the football club and uh, you'll get to hear their answers and we will try and get as many of those questions in the hour that we have with them as we can. Right, on to crew. Um, Let's welcome crew fan Russ Fern. Hi guys, how are you? Good, thank you very much Russ, how are you? I'm all right. Good, you sound very chipper. <laughs> well, I didn't watch us uh, drawn last night with Hull, so it's all good. <laughs> well, you no, with so draw. you called? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say you go with a draw, not a defeat. Then, even though well, you lost the penalty, drew nil nil with a very weak inside. Then absolutely bottled the penalty. Penalties missed. I think missed three of the five. We saved two and still lost. Oh, that's a sickener. Yeah, we scored oh. the first and scored the last. So it's got the first and the fifth, but missed all the ones in between. So you know what that means, don't you, Russ? You're not allowed to eat pizza for the rest of the season. <laughs> it's, oh. the it, it's the way it works, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually quite good. That'd be the only reason why I'd want us to win this competition. <laughs> <laughs> pizza for life. <laughs> that, yes. that is it. That is literally <laughs> it. I'd love that. Imagine if we go back to the, when it was the checker trade, you'd, you'd, you'd have to stop using tools <laughs> it doesn't work does it um, right um so last season let's talk about last season because obviously we were both in league two yeah. um you came up automatically we and we did it the fancy way um i want to ask you were you annoyed to lose out on the league two title to swindon oh. on ppg last season because you were top we were top. They had a game in hand, and I think it was an easier game as well. So um, no, no easy games in football. If you listen to Keith Curl, well, I, t- I try not to listen to Keith Curl, <laughs> to be honest. So, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was annoying. It was annoying, but we're just happy to go up. To be honest, we've never won a league ever in the crew history. I might get pelters if I'm wrong, but I think that's right. Um, so would it have been nice to have finally won a uh, won a league? Yeah. Do you want to do it in that fashion? Not really. So we'll just win League One this year. <laughs> that's uh, that's not, optimistic. Not that is not happening. <laughs> I was going to say, have you seen some of the teams in this division? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like just rocking up to Macclesfield anymore, you know. You're in with the big boys now. Yeah, we, we, we had to rely on the 95th minute equaliser against Macclesfield last year. Well, well, right then, fine. Less said about that, the better. (laughs) (laughs) I will will say, just so you know, uh, it feels amazing to win a league. Just just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) So how about this season? Um, It's been a mixed bag from what I can see. Yeah, it's going. I mean, most most of us are happy with what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. Um, You were on our podcast the other day talking about your tough start. Um, I think I've written down from what you said, nine of the top 10 so far. Something like that, I think, yeah. And yeah. you've lost to all but one. Yeah. Um, we've played 11 of the current top 12. Fleetwood being the only team we've not actually played. Most of them away as well. 
um, which hasn't been fun because I wanted to go to uh, I wanted to go to Ipswich, I wanted to go to Charlton, I wanted to go to Hull. You can't because mm. of uh, Mrs. COVID. Uh, we've got seven points out of that out of that eleven, which is quite good. We should have. We should have beaten Ipswich. We absolutely played them off the park and then conceded something that you're going to be very happy with me talking about from a set piece. <laughs> we're dreadful at defending set pieces. We conceded to Burton in the league last time out on Saturday to a set piece. Uh, and they've sort of, we've got quite a small goalkeeper. I think he's only six foot nine, uh, five, eleven maybe. And he doesn't yet command his area good enough. So, um, Keith Curlside is obviously going to take advantage of that if you've done your homework. Um, so yeah, we are worried about that. But in general for the season, we're sitting 13th, where if you um, just look at the teams that got promoted, uh, you, us, Plymouth and Swindon, we're top of that. So we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what, though? That's that's exactly the kind of conversation that I was having with Danny and Neil and Chesie on the on the podcast WhatsApp group and pro- possibly on our, on our weekly podcast that came out earlier this week, which was about saying that, you know, we could go top of that mini league of League Two promotion winners <laughs> uh, if we beat you. And other results go our way, of course. Um, those connotations you're looking at there. I'm looking at lots of connotations. This is like the end, you know, the final day of the season where where 700 teams can still go up, down, left or right. And, and it all depends on things like 19 goal margin swings and things like that. It'd be a, a fantastic little spreadsheet that I've got working out here. Um, so one of the things that I absolutely love about playing crew, um, not least the fact that it's only 20 minutes from my house on the train. Um, but second of all, is that there seems to be this this lovely bit of banter that has come about in the last couple of seasons, mostly due to your manager, ex-Cobblers defender David Artell, not particularly being a fan of a bobbly pitch. We play nice football down in crew. We know you don't do it in Northampton too much, but we play nice football in crew. <laughs> did you did you watch the playoff final? I think you're no. fine. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, I, the thing that I love about it is that it, it's just, you know, there was at the time I remember because I, I, we we basically did our whole podcast just just throwing insults back at David Artell, not that you <laughs> ever would have heard them, but um, it just the sour grapes at the time yeah. have now turned into more of a kind of like just an excuse to have a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun. Yeah. And I think... Not that I know him at all, but I think David Artell would probably quite like that and, and yeah. quite enjoy it. He's um he's definitely sort of of the Mourinho mold, I'd say. He likes to use deflection tactics if we played poorly because we lost four one, didn't we, down at your mm. end last year in one of arguably our worst performances of the entire season. Um, so instead of talking about us being terrible. Of course, he's going to talk about your pitch being terrible, even if it's not. I, I wasn't even at the game, so I couldn't even <laughs> tell you if your pitch was terrible. It might be beautiful turf. Um, but he, he is sort of like one of those banterous managers. He's going to get in the referee's face. He's going to get in uh, the fourth official's face. He's going to get in Keith Curl's face. But um, it's always good-natured, I'd hope. Yeah, I, I think that the thing with them, or you know, with with these sort of back and forth, you see some teams try and do it, or some clubs try and do it. So there was that whole thing between uh, who was it, Danny? Was it between Plymouth and Swindon early, either early in the season this year or, or last year, where they they moaned about something to do with the the amount of 
people that were there or it was i think it was to do with plymouth always take a big away following don't they mm. and the opposition club i think it might have been swindon sort of had a bit of a you know bit of bantery pop on twitter and it sometimes just doesn't seem to work and falls a bit flat ala how uh plymouth's match report when they played wigan referenced wigan's financial situation and wigan were a bit like <laughs> what's that got to do with anything i don't understand that was uh, weirdly outrageous to be fair yeah it just no, absolutely no need yeah exactly it's no difference whereas like with what David Artell said about our wobbly pitch, it, it's distraction, it's deflection. It's yeah. quite clear just to, well, we'll blame this instead of that. And it, was it, well, I, I don't think it was last year, Danny, you might remember this more than me. Um, there was, was it Kevin Van Veen? Did he put an elbow into somebody right in front of the dugouts against Crew, and it was right at the end of a match? Possibly, yeah. And nothing it happened. Like, it wasn't noticed by anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but he he does seem a bit wound up by his old Dave Bartel, doesn't he? Um, you know, I, do, I mean, to be fair, I think was it the next time when we beat? What, did we win at your place as well? We didn't play you at the end. Did we not? Because I remember, no, I think COVID. was it one time that we we'd won, and he'd actually said like we were just rubbish. So I do remember that that, and he and he did mention the pitch as well. He said, "Oh, there's nothing to do with the pitch today. <laughs> it's, it's actually having to do with the poor." So yeah, it'll it is. He'll probably get a good reaction next time he comes down to down to us. Yeah. He's a good laugh. He's a good laugh. It's, it's probably one of the, it's probably one of those managers, isn't he? That if he's if he's your manager, you love him, yeah. and if he's against you, you just want to wind him up. When he when he first took over about three years ago, the local newspapers just started doing monthly reviews of all the random stuff he spoke about in interviews, and they were like their best articles they'd ever written, and it, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> he's he's great for a one liner. I, I like that. It's better than hearing the same old words and phrases that, that we have to put up with, like fundamentals and <laughs> goodness me, whatever else it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, do you know, the one thing I can't, like I was asking you, Daniel, can you remember this game against Crew? I, I don't know why I'm asking anybody because I, I can't really talk, can I? Because I think the last time we were away at Crew, I can't really remember much after having come out of corner bar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty much my away day experience at Crew summed up for you. <laughs> you got an Uber at some point. That was at Salford. Was that it? was different. Oh, okay. And there was more say, than I just me. I think Uber and Crew, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I mean, one of the things that we talked about at the start of this season, or before the start of this season, in fact, was how important it was for us to having got promoted to keep our best players, but also our manager as well, basically in years gone past, promotions have come and we've always lost our manager. So Chris Wilder disappeared off to Sheffield United. And before that, Colin Calderwood left us after achieving promotion and went to Nottingham Forest. Danny was actually quite vocal on the podcast at the beginning of the season, said we must keep Keith Curl if that's the, that's the one signing we must do. Um, and we did that, and then we basically got rid of most of the squad, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but you guys seem to have actually had um, a big turnover, or, or rather a smaller turnover, and you've kept hold of all your key players. Do you think that's been a really important thing in, in sort of continuity in going into this new new season? Yeah, we had, we had the same thoughts as, as you when we went into the new season, because we've got a really decent crop up we've got four or five six young players that have come through the academy or we've picked up from non-league or 
wherever when they were younger and brought them through and they were all coming through together you've, you've charlie kirk's ryan winter perry and g that kind of player um and they've grown and we've seen that that growth over the last three seasons from when we just survived relegation two seasons ago to then last year really kicking on and doing really well and finishing second and then this year it's sort of like sort of like not coming on coming of age but it's almost like a the next step up on the challenge because at crew we know they're not going to be here forever Charlie Kirk might have signed a contract the other week, the other week, about six months ago, and said he wants to play the highest level with Crew. We're not, we're not done. We know that he's not going to play in the Championship or the Premier League with Crew. He's going to go on. So is Ryan Wintle, Perry and G, everyone else, because they need to further their career. So the fact that this season's massive for them now to show that they can do it at League One. Some of them have proved it very well. Some of them have floundered a little bit. Um, for example, Harry Pickering's really kicked on. I. I would definitely say Harry Pickering's the best left back in League One. Definitely going forward. Sometimes he's a little bit suspect at the back. But on the contra- on the other side of that, Perry and G's sort of struggled a little bit where he was almost a standout last year. It's definitely Pickering's now the standout fullback this year. Um so we, we, I think we got lucky. We got lucky that um none of the players left in the summer because clubs can't afford that money, can't afford the the price tags that we're asking for the players that I feel like we deserve for the players. Your Knotts for uh, Perry and G was linked with Knotts Forest a lot. They couldn't afford two point uh, one point five million, two million on Perry and G on a, a untested League One left back, really. Mm. Um, so we got lucky in that regard. Um, I don't think there was ever any worry with Dave Artell leaving, to be honest, because the man is. The man is almost Mr. Crew Alex, but also very different because we're very sort of technical, technically brilliant, not brilliant, but you know what I mean, technically, oh, technical ability over the physically strong, powerful yeah. players. Yeah. Dave Artel's not that. No, no, the, you know, it, it's such a weird juxtaposition, isn't yeah. it? David Artel was was a bruiser of a defender, and now he's getting crew to play really, really nice football. Yeah, and exactly that. And he's bringing that technical ability that they've been taught in the academy and that he's, they've got, and he's mixing that with his understanding and um, his experience of the, the dark arts or the physical, tougher side of the game. And he's blending them together. And it's really it's working perfectly, to be honest. Do you almost feel like more at home in League One, the way you play? It's obviously in League Two, it's a proper, like, up and at them kind of league and you've got to scrap your way out of it however way you can do you feel almost like your style's more suited to league one in some games definitely um not the weekend (laughs) (laughs) yeah well um in league two though you've got some teams that are just utter dross they just they can't i don't want to be too mean but they're not very good going forward they're not very good going back and you just play through them it's almost like a training exercise you don't get any of that in league one and none of that in league one you turn up to sunderland at the stadium of light and we'll try and play a nice football and then i'm a two nil down yeah yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> whenever two nil down though that's the other problem we keep losing one nil we've lost eight times this season and i don't think We've conceded more than eight goals in those eight defeats. That that's a pretty good stat, then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just looking at your goal difference. Your goal difference. You've got a, a positive 
goal difference of one. Um, yeah, because we can't score half the time as well. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've you've scored 18, conceded 17. I mean, just compare that to us. So we've scored 15 and conceded 25. You know, it's, I mean, look, we've got what, we've not got quite the worst goal difference in the division, but, and, and surprisingly, we've, we're actually not quite the worst of uh, goals conceded either, but I'd, I'd, I'd swap our positions in terms of goal difference. You know, of course I'd switch positions in the league as well, but those three extra places. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh, just those, what, what is it? Woo! Two points. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those. I mean, we talked about, I said, didn't I, about how, you know, crew play beautiful football and that's, that's my way of, of putting it. There's, there's a bit of debate amongst the cobblers fan base at the moment in regards to Keith Curl's style of football um, and whether, us as fans are enjoying it or not. I want to ask you a question that based on the fact that you get to see, or at least you would do if you were actually allowed into the into the grounds, um, you get to sit there and watch really nice, attractive football every single week. When you get beat 4-1 at Sixfields or uh, wherever, having tried to play nice football and then got thrashed, do you still enjoy it? Um, I feel like, I feel like if we go to, like, we lost to Ipswich 1-0, absolutely played them off the park. I think they had one shot and we had about 20. Um, we did the same to Gillingham on Tuesday afterwards and we lost 1-0 and it was almost exactly the carbon copy. Um, you come away from those games just feeling deflated, but you're still like proud because we've played really good football and carved them apart, but we still haven't won. And then, like you said, we, we lost, we got battered by you lot last year. If you try and play nice football and we actually impose the way that we can actually play in the game, personally, I can't speak for every crew fan, but personally, mm. I'm not too angry if we get hammered because it's football at the end of the day. But if we don't turn up and we don't, and we just lump it long every time or overhit every single pass and don't play to our bit, to our, not necessarily to our potential, but anywhere near that style that's more frustrating than actually losing. So do you think then that you may be, so you talk there like overhitting passes, playing long and not, you know, finding your man and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that that is our style. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, essentially, and it probably is in terms of not finding our man as well and stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, you, you sort of said there that as long as you turn up and play the you know, the football that you know to the ability you can. If you don't win the game, so if you if you play a team like Ipswich off the park but still come out with a defeat, you don't feel too bad about it. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to sort of level it for how our fans might be thinking or might be feeling. So a lot of the way we look at it is that, and the way that I look at it is that I'm not sure really if I enjoy watching the brand of football. If I compare it to getting to watch the likes of Liverpool or Man City or, you know, the big teams that are renowned for passing football in the, at the top of their game. Um, but I enjoy a win more than I think I enjoy actually watching the attractive football. I would rather us be, you know, flying high in the league, winning games than being bottom of the league, but playing attractive football, but not yeah. being able to put it in the net. 
No, absolutely. If we were 24th, then I'd probably have a very different opinion. But if we're sitting mid-table and trying to play our, our proper football, which we know gets results, I think that's the key thing there. If we know we played Swindon and we're 2-0 down at half, or 2-1 down at half-time, 2-0 down just before half-time. And that first half, we didn't play anywhere near the crew way, in quotation marks. <laughs> um, and that that was... We were tuning down two sloppy goals, yeah, but it was more frustrating that we just weren't actually trying to do it what we know we can do because we know it works. Second half, completely different, one four two. That's because uh, yeah, four two. That's because we actually played the way that we know we can play. So if we do play the way we know we can play, and it doesn't always work, then it's not the worst feeling in the world. If we were twenty fourth and we were just knocking it about the six yard box all the time, I would be more annoyed. I'm sure. <laughs> It's a massive difference as well in terms of you've got the players that can do that. Um, for us to, to be able to start playing in a style like yours, we would have to do a massive overhaul. It would take a lot of transfer windows, I think, to get anywhere near the level of play you need to play that type of game. And just the, the recruitment that we've had so far and the way that Keith Cole wants to play football, it's just he designs it towards a certain type of player. And I don't think necessarily we would be able to suddenly start switching to a pass and move type of game. Um, whereas you watch you watch yourselves play and it's you just know that they're all clicked into the same thing and like the way that you recruit, the way you bring things, people through the academy and the academy playing the same style that you know what to expect. Yeah. You know that that type of player will be recruited and to fit into that style of play. So I think that's a massive difference in terms of what we're looking for. Um, we've just got to try and do what we can with, with what we've got, I think. Yeah, it's the fact that they've come through the academy and played with each other since the age of eight mm. and been taught that technical ability instead of that physical side of it. That's how they, that's how, if they then started just lumping it long, it'd be like, well, why? Because you've been taught to do it this way. So why are you now doing it the complete opposite way that we know doesn't necessarily work for us? You mentioned um, a couple of players earlier on, Russ. I, I just want to. Uh, first of all, go and, and talk about Perry NG and get your thoughts on the six-game suspension that you got for spitting at a Cheltenham player during the FA yeah. Cup second-round match. Um, it's disgusting. The actual incident, not the ban. Fully agree with the ban. Mm-hmm. Six games is the uh, the average for uh, spitting incidents, I think, I believe. That's what I keep getting told by everyone. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, you've got... He did the crime. He deserves the punishment. Hopefully, he learns from it and grows as a person. Um, will we miss him on the pitch? A little bit, yes. He's also not been in the greatest of form, even though he scored a worldie against Swindon the other weeks. So exactly, he actually scored that goal in between the Cheltenham game and getting the ban, annoyingly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, no, I fully agree with the ban. I don't think you'll find many crew fans that actually are trying to defend him, to be honest. No. Am I right? He's he's your captain as well, isn't he? Yes. So has he has he apologised? Has he come out and made a public apology to the crew fans and his teammates? He hasn't, he hasn't yet, but um, the local radio station have said about how they believe that's in the works and they're just trying to make sure that he doesn't, they're just sort of like the legal side of it and stuff out. But I, I for one, definitely hope he come out, comes out and says something. Without without knowing all the details, what's so hard to just come out and say I'm really sorry I've let everyone down? No, yeah, you're, you're absolutely you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Uh, fair enough. Okay, uh, moving on from that, um, Danny always picks out a couple of players, don't you, mate? Um, this time you've gone with one of the academy players. Yeah, you've mentioned him already, Charlie Kirk. It just seems to be on a 
completely different level, especially in League Two. Now pushing on in League One, like I said earlier, it's probably more a space where he can express himself a lot more. Um, obviously, come through your academy as well. Do you think he? You mentioned he signed a new contract, didn't you, as well recently? Yeah. Do you think that's got any worth at the moment, or is it just kind of to to tie him down and make the bidders sort of bid, that, bid more? The second kind of one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it just seems to be like there's just a so there's a massive long line of academy players is coming through and that's this goes back to what the 90s as well this like crew is the place where people can uh, um, young players can go and develop and careful <laughs> um, and Kirk just seems to be on a completely different level and he's one of those players that you look at and you think oh, I wish he was in our team because he's got that bit of spark and creativity that he yeah. can just do something at any minute and some of the passes he plays as well is not just a, like a skillful player he, he can pick out a pass as well can't he yeah, he's he's arguably the standout attacker inside. Definitely, arguably the standout player. Um, I I'm more of a Brian Wintle fanboy, to be honest. <laughs> the holding midfielder, he's my favourite player. Yeah. But um, Charlie Kirk is most people's number one pick and be on the team sheet every week. Interestingly, he's not actually uh, uh, he's not actually featured at all in our last two games. Um, he played the uh, the Pizza Cup, I think you called it. <laughs> In midweek because he's not actually playing in the league because someone you you guys know very well daniel powell i was gonna come been, on to him as well yeah yeah he's been given his left-sided rollback because he plays on the right wing for us but he prefers playing on the left we found out and he since then he scored he scored an assist against swindon a ridiculous goal he scored chopped it back basically on the byline and put it through the keeper's legs um and then he was okay against burton but no one was actually that good so um <laughs> But yeah, he, Charlie Kirk is the standout player. His crossing's ridiculous. His his link up play with the uh, the left back Harry Pickering is outrageous. He um Kirk did an assist earlier on in the season for Pickering where the ball was pinged over to him and he took it down doing keepy uppies and did three or four keepy uppies and then just put it through two defenders and Pickering ran <laughs> and put it in the back of the net and it was like that's ridiculous, boys. <laughs> um, it's nice yeah. to hear that Daniel Powell's back where he belongs because there was a point towards the end of his cobbler's career where he fancied himself as a striker. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, we've we had Chris Porter last season. We've still got Chris Porter, but he's not the main striker now. And they had a guy called Tumor Nene who was on loan from um, Midland, who played Liverpool tonight. I don't think mm. he's ever played for Midland. He's twenty six and sort of a journeyman of Eastern Europe, I think. Um, <laughs> But he he was they they were the two strikers and everyone was like oh yeah Dan Powell can play up front if Porter's not scoring or Tuma's injured Dan Powell can play up front he never played up front <laughs> he was never given that go <laughs> it was really funny wasn't it Danny because when Keith Cole came into the club he actually made a point of he asked all the players where they wanted to play yeah. and Daniel Powell who had never played up front for us before or for any of his previous <laughs> clubs as far as we could work out yeah. turned around and said. Oh, I go up front, please, boss. It yeah. reminded you of the school playground, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> straight wing back on you as well. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was just absolutely amazing. But yeah, um, look, thanks very much, Russ, for, for coming on and chatting. We, we are running out of time. So we've literally only really now got time to go and get some predictions. We always leave our guests till last, basically to give you a bit of a bit of a chance to hear what we think before you go and make your prediction. Um I'm going to start with myself this week, Danny. On the back of the last couple of predictions of mine not really going my way, I'm going to carry on and I'm going to say that we'll... I don't know. I don't know. Crew away. I I think we'll get beat. 
there we go, 2-0. I think that's exactly what I said last week as well, and we ended up winning. So um, <laughs> 2-0 away at Crew, who will try and pass us off the pitch and will succeed for once. Yeah, I think it's all going to... The first 20 minutes are quite important, I think, in terms of setting us all out. I think if we go a goal down early, we're in massive trouble um, because then Crew can get into gear and sort of everything will just start clicking for them, I think. I think if we can hold out as long as we can, just play in our usual style. We're going to miss McWilliams suspended as well. So I'm more than likely mean <laughs> Missaloo's going to be in there chopping away. Um, I'll change it to four <laughs> now then, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think if we can hold out till like half time and stuff, just still still nil-nil, still in the game, then we can get something. But it's it's going to be a tough one, I think. We, if we can impose our game on somehow on crew again, then, then maybe we can get something. But I'm going to go for an optimistic 1-1, I think. Mm. I, think we might... I, I genuinely thought you were going to turn around and go 7-1 <laughs> to Coppers. Yeah, if we hold out to half-time, nick a goal and then hold on and hold on, but then I think we'll nick one at the end. That's my optimistic one. I, I'm not hugely confident, to be honest. Okay, okay. Uh, there you go, Ross. You've heard ours. Oof. Well, can I ask a question first? Of course. Um, is your left winger quite a physical, like, Solid player. <laughs> it, de- it depends who we're playing in the left wing position. Every well, single player can play there. Believe me. Keith every single trying. player is a physical player for Keith Kerr. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Um, well, yeah, maybe. Go on, Dan. Who's normally? It'd be Sam normally, wouldn't it? It'd be oh, left wing. That would be a wing back, though, wouldn't it? So it would have been. Yeah. Mm. Mark Marshall, maybe. Nicky Adams, good. maybe. Um, it would usually have been Joseph Mills, wouldn't it, before his injury, but. It'll probably mm. be Marshall or Adams, I think. Because um, we've obviously got Perry and G out, so we've got a young lad in who made his um, league debut last time out. He's fairly good, so well, he's fairly all right. Um, I thought you were going to say, oh, we've got young lad. Oh, we've got young lad out is is not great, so whoever your left winger's back, left winger's going to have a field day, but now you've just said it's actually brilliant, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do mean that if he's, if he's, if you've got a good physical left winger, then he might bully him off the park. That's my worry. Okay. Um, and we've got quite a small centre-back as well. I think Omar Beckles will play, who's like 6'5", mm. and then Luke Offord's only only 20 and he's about 5 foot 11 so not too big for a stri- yeah. uh, for a center back that's how he's that's, that's yeah that's the main worry that I've got to be honest um I'll go with a 1-1 I think we'll score first midway through the second half then you'll get a late equalizer Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, look, thanks very much, Ross, for coming on. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you very much to you guys for listening as well. Obviously, we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, We'll be looking back at this game that hopefully won't go the way of any of these predictions that we've just made. And the Cobblers will come out with another three points. The Leapfrog crew end up in the top 12 and, you know, put all the moaners to shame. Um, thanks very much for listening we'll see you next week thanks to Danny thanks to Russ goodbye support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. 
To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.